You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Huge top 25 battles later today. Separation Saturday is here. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, talking a little college football here at Fantasy Sports Radio Network and Television Network. We've partnered up with a great organization, DKMS, looking to delete blood cancer. They're looking for blood donors throughout the nation. This is uh, a cause that's been very close to both Rich and I's family. I was diagnosed back, back in 2001 with blood lymphoma along with my father. And Rich, we have a great game here where you can join, yeah. play fantasy sports with the opportunity to win Super Bowl tickets. You know, all of us have missions in life. We have passions in life. Ours happens to be college football. This is what we do for a living. DKMS, their passion, as you said, is to delete blood cancer, which to me is fantastic. And the reason why we've teamed up is you you have an opportunity week by week to play free fantasy football games on the back end. If you win one of the weeks, you'll be put in a pool in week 17 with a shot to win Super yeah, Bowl tickets. It's a win-win for everybody. Go to the website, dailyrodo.com backslash DKMS. That's dailyrodo.com backslash DKMS or go to rotoexperts.com backslash DKMS or call 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. Sign up, play, win with the opportunity to get to the Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. It's a win-win for everybody and you'll be helping a great cause and helping lives throughout the country. Rich, top 25 battle. It is Clemson. This time last year, Clemson did lose in Death Valley to Pittsburgh. 43-42 to is a very close ball game. Now they face arch-rival Florida State, beaten up. Three and five overall. They scheduled another game because I think Florida State realizes they're up against it here. This is a Clemson team that got back on track with a 38-31 win over NC State. I think it continues later in Death Valley. Yeah, I agree. I'm concerned about uh, where Florida State is right now. This season has gone off the rails. It's a surprise for me. I mean, I, I thought that the defense would be able to pick up the slack after DeAndre Francois went down. The defense, though, has been a real big disappointment for me. There's individual talent, Derek Noddy, Matthew Thomas, Derwin James, Tarvaris McFadden. It goes on and on. A ton of kids will play in the NFL, but they have lost their drive. They have lost their focus. I think if you're going to get an A game out of Florida State, it would be against their chief rival, Clemson. I just don't see it happening. I think Clemson steamrolls Florida State. I think they cover this game and they move closer to an ACC championship. I do as well. I see Kelly Bryan in that offense that's rushing and passing for over 200 being the difference defensively. Clemson's holding opposing offenses to 122 rushing yards per game. More importantly, they have recorded 33 total sacks and third down defense rock solid right in the area of 33%. I think they put the pressure on James Blackman in this ballgame. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Oklahoma State and Iowa State, LSU and Arkansas. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. battle at 12 o'clock in Death Valley. No, it's not Clemson. It is LSU, Arkansas and Brett Bielma on the road to face the Tigers. LSU's won four of the last six by 13.3 points per game. They picked this victory up in Fayetteville last year, 38-10. to I love the way LSU is playing on both sides of the ball, Rich. Offensive line, defensive line. But this is a rivalry game. It is a 12 o'clock kick. LSU wins, but I like Arkansas to keep this game close. Austin Allen expected back? He is. Kelly could play as well well in this ballgame. Yeah, it could help. I mean, Arkansas has not impressed me this season. Even in winning last week, they had to barely escape the Chanticleers of Coastal yeah, Carolina, 39-38. Yeah, they got back-to-back wins. I don't get too wrapped up in trends, but Arkansas, the week after a victory, 0-9 against the spread. And I, I think LSU right now wants a chance to flex their muscles tough loss last week, but they were very physical against Alabama. I was impressed with the way they played. This is an opportunity for Matt Can- uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator of LSU, to kind of dig deep into his bag of tricks. Couldn't do it against Alabama. Did it against Ole Miss. So when he faces weaker defenses, I think you'll see him open things up with Danny Etling. Darius Geis is healthy out of the backfield. LSU wants a chance to sort of spread its wings. They really want to lay a beat down on somebody, maybe kind of signal the end of the Brett Bielema era with a big victory. I think LSU rolls for four quarters. This is one of my best bets of the day. Yeah, I I think LSU wins by possibly four touchdowns. I think they're going to absolutely roll Arkansas, which has a horrible defense. Well, you're absolutely right. Arkansas is allowing 190 rushing yards on the ground and 232 passing yards through the air. And I've been on LSU during this four-game stretch. They've played very, very well uh, in terms of back-to-back-to-back games against Auburn, Florida. Florida, Ole Miss, and Alabama. I was very impressed with that defensive effort last week in Tuscaloosa. You're talking about an LSU Tiger defensive front that's allowing only 142 rushing yards per game. They do through nine games have 30 total sacks. And over the last four games, Rich, 15 of those sacks have been recorded. I mean, they've stepped it up a notch over in terms of SEC opponents. But here's the thing. I feel like they could be worn out emotionally. I mean, yeah. look at the four-game stretch now. It is a 12 o'clock kick in Death Valley. A lot different. Tigers play a lot different under the lights as opposed to a day game. And it is an early start in yeah. Louisiana. That's why I think this game is just a little bit closer it's, than it, the experts think. It's a valid point coming off of Alabama and the emotion associated with that game. But I, I think considering where LSU has been this season, the Troy loss, you know, the... 
the hints that maybe Ed Orgeron is not the guy for the job, not the right guy for the job. I, I think LSU sort of had their ego bruised this season, and when they have an opportunity to really you know, kind of take that out on an opponent. You mentioned a rival, so they'll be up to play Arkansas SEC West rivals. Not a lot at stake in terms of titles, or I don't think kids really think about better bowl positioning at this <laughs> point. But a chance to sort of let loose and lay into a rival. I think just LSU is trending in the right direction, playing well, healthy. I think they win convincingly, convincingly and I think this could, again, be the beginning of the end for Brett Bielema and Fayetteville. Yeah, I think he's out. I don't think there's any way Brett Bielema saves his job, even if they do become bowl eligible. They're four and five overall, so the kids will be fighting hard at least to get to a bowl. You look at LSU's performance last week on the road in Tuscaloosa. They rushed for 151 yards on the ground, held uh, Alabama's offense to only 116 rushing yards in that matchup, and more importantly, this is a secondary only allowing 173 passing yards two opposing quarterbacks. That's what you want to see out of your secondary. I think Arkansas could slow down the tempo. And when you look at this ball game last year, Darius Geis had a huge, huge afternoon. Leonard Fournette did as well. But Geis ripped off big runs. They're going to look to attack the front seven of Arkansas in this ballgame. And the one thing that we've we've come to count on, whether it's a Brett Bielema team in Wisconsin or Arkansas, or Arkansas in general, is the play of the offensive line, the big uglies, as you like to say. That offensive line has struggled this season. They've allowed 28 sacks. Their All-American center, Frank Ragno, has not been healthy this season. Now you pit them against that defensive line of LSU. Arden Key is beginning to kind of gain ahead of steam. Christian Lacouture up front, uh, the speed on the outside, the linebacker positions like Devin White. I think that'll be a big problem, whether it's Cole Kelly or Austin Allen. I think that quarterback's going to feel a lot of heat. Yeah, we'll see. It is a 12 o'clock kick. LSU is rushing for 216 yards on the ground. They're also passing for right around 195 yards through the air. Danny Etling did get benched, though, at the end of that, the last series of Alabama. Curious to see how he plays in this ballgame, or do they go with Brennan, the, the younger quarterback I think this is Etling's job and I I think it's a good opportunity If, if he has an issue with confidence He'll get that boost against the Arkansas Yeah, defense. it is a 12 o'clock kick. Well, all eyes will be on ESPN in that matchup. Let's turn our attention to Mason Rudolph and Oklahoma State losing the Bedlam brawl by 10 points to Baker Mayfield. Iowa State coming off a disappointing 20-16 to road loss to West Virginia and Will Greer. This ballgame was 38-31 last year in Stillwater. Oklahoma State picked up the victory. They won five straight over Iowa State by 16.6 points per game. James Washington is banged up, but Iowa State has some defensive injuries. I like Oklahoma State here. I think it's a tough blue-collar type of game, but Oklahoma State picks up a 13-point victory on the road. You know, Gabe mentioned it during his segment, and I agree with it, which is at this time of year, you start to really look at the psychology of teams. Oklahoma State tough loss to Oklahoma, possibly out of the mix for a Big 12 title. Now you have to go to Ames, where Iowa State, they're going to be motivated for these kinds of matchups regardless. I mean, they don't care that they lost last week. These guys are going to be back up because they want to be able to take a swipe at Oklahoma State and Mason Rudolph and James Washington. And the defense is still solid. We've seen that throughout the season. I think Iowa State comes in here and not only covers, I think they actually 
actually pull the upset. We're, wow. we're, we're kind of forgetting about Iowa State because they struggled against West Virginia. Again, a game that Joe Lisi uh, uh, accurately picked last week. But now they come back home play very well in their home stadium at Jack Trice. I think they're going to be highly motivated. Matt Campbell always gets his kids ready. And every time Matt Campbell pulls an upset, his asking price goes north as schools in the SEC and throughout the country look for a big-time coach. I think this is big for Iowa State. I think it's big for Matt Campbell. These guys will be fired up, and I wonder about the uh, I wonder about the motivation of Oklahoma State at this point. Yeah, you bring up great points in terms of Oklahoma State's motivation, but I look at Iowa State's defensive effort against a similar type of offense Will Greer last week in Morgantown. This was an Iowa State team that allowed 208 rushing yards to the Mountaineers. They also allowed Will Greer to pass for 316 through the air. This still is an Oklahoma State offense that's averaging 379 passing yards per game. Mason Rudolph does have 27 total touchdown passes. Again, quarterback play is going to be the concern. Kyle Kempf on the road did not step up. And from a rushing perspective, I mean, Iowa State only had 101 rushing yards on the ground last week against, I want to say, an average West Virginia yeah. defense, Oklahoma State, even though you take that performance last week, still has a solid defense and run support, yeah. holding opposing offenses to right around 132 yards on the ground. If they can't run the football consistently with David Montgomery, that's going to put the game in Kyle Kemp's hands, and that's why I favor Oklahoma State in this ballgame. Offensive line has been the issue in Ames all season long, but to your point about West Virginia, they did give up a lot of yards and got hit hard early, right? They they landed some they punches did. early. They made adjustments, though. They did adjust, and, and West Virginia scored, what, 20 last week? So it was well below 20, right? It was yeah, 20. 20 to it was 20-3 at halftime. Yeah, so, I mean, they really clamped down in the second half. I still think they did a good job defensively. Similar type of a team. I think it'll be a similar type of result. I, I see Iowa State actually pulling off the upset tonight. It wouldn't shock me. I yeah. mean, Iowa State in Ames, it's a horn's yep. nest. I mean, it's a small stadium. The fans are into it. I mean, if Iowa State jumps up early, they'll be playing with confidence as well. They knocked off Oklahoma this year on the road and played very well against the better teams on their schedule. TCU, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they've been in each and every game at home, especially against, uh, I want to say, Iowa, a they type of too. offense yeah. as well. They match up well with them. We'll see if they can do it against Mason Rudolph a little bit later today. Again, game that I want to touch on quickly is that West Virginia game quick while we were on yeah. Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this team can really put the pressure on Kansas State's offense. I mean, Kansas State only averaging 183 rushing yards on the ground, 193 through the air. Alex Delton might not play. That's why I like West Virginia here. How about Jesse Ertz? I mean, can, can we see a he, Jesse Ertz signing? He's listed as not out yeah. for this game. Well, I mean, I mean, listen, if Delton is not available, that changes everything because Delton's speed really puts a lot of pressure on opposing defenses on the perimeter. No Delton, that would be a big problem. I think West Virginia is just too inconsistent. I, they concern me. Yeah, last two games have been decided by a total of two points. It is a 3.30 kick. When we come back, we'll be joined by former Georgia running back Robert Edwards. This is Joe Lisi and Ritz Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, 
Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Georgia and Auburn first SEC overtime game it's the SEC's oldest rivalry and I am a Bulldog fan so what better way to talk Georgia and Auburn than with my favorite Georgia running back He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line, former Georgia and NFL running back Robert Edwards. Robert, how are you today? Robert, can you hear us? How yeah, are, can you hear me? Yeah, how are you today? Georgia Auburn doesn't get better than this, does it? Uh, it doesn't. You know, it's a lot on the line today, and I, I'm just uh, confident that my Bulldogs will get it done. Robert, talk about the running back rotation. Uh, as a back, how difficult is it to balance those carries, keep everybody happy? You guys are obviously loaded, not just two deep, but really three and four deep. Is it tough to keep everybody happy, motivated, and focused in that backfield? Well, I, I think he's created a, a, a culture down there now to where they know their role. They know pretty much when it's their time to get in. The rotation is, uh, I think they're all happy with the rotation. Uh, and, you know, they know the top two that are going to get most of the touches. And I think the, the other guys are just happy to you know, get an opportunity to put their stamp on uh, on the game. But uh, it's got to be tough to get into any kind of rhythm, uh, not knowing when it's, your name is going to be called. So you got to be prepared and ready to to uh, perform at all times. You know, I went to a practice last week, and uh, it's the same way in practice. Uh, they rotate in and out. Everybody's getting an opportunity. So I think they prepare like that in practice. So in the game, when your number's called, you prepare to go out there and, and perform. Robert, when you look at the offensive game plan going up against a solid defensive front seven in Auburn, do you feel like Kirby will uh, attack that secondary early on in terms of play action on first and second down? Or do you feel that he'll pound the rock between the tackles with Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle? I feel like he's going to do what, what's been working so far. He's going to try to establish a run game and, you know, catch him sleeping with the, uh, the play action. Uh, but, you know, we are a play action team uh, and we're a run first team. So I, I really feel confident that they're going to come out and try to establish the run game today. Robert, talk to our audience uh, about Jordan-Hare Stadium and really the rivalry. How intense is the rivalry? What can the Bulldogs expect in terms of atmosphere on the plains of Alabama today? Uh, It's going to be a a wild atmosphere. I mean, as a player, you try to block all that stuff out and just focus on the game and and, and your your job uh, within the game and and try not to think about the – the atmosphere. Uh, you just want to control the things that you can control on the field. But uh, uh, now that I'm not, no longer a player on the outside looking in, it's it's, it's a very big rivalry, man. I talked to uh, man Takeo Spike, uh, and, and you know uh, we go at it every year, and this year's a lot more on the line. Uh, he's gonna he posted something about Georgia, and I say what you want to put on it. He has the nerve to tell me how many points am I giving? <laughs> uh, how many points? 
I mean, you, when it comes to Georgia, all it don't matter what the record is. It don't matter who's number one, number two, or whether you rank. It's always a tough game. It's always a tough game. So, uh, so I'm not giving you any points. We're gonna go head up, or we're not gonna bet at all. So, uh, that being said, it's 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 a, it's a tough robbery. You know, it really doesn't matter where you rank. It really doesn't matter how well you're playing. Uh, this game, uh, as well as that Georgia Tech game, it seems like they come down to just pride and, and want to. Robert, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, the one thing that Kirby has instilled with this unit is a physicality. They run sideline to sideline, and they force third down, long third down conversions for opposing offenses. What's the biggest change that you've seen from former head coach Mark Rick to what Kirby's built here in Athens? Well, I, I can't say what Coach Rick did. I didn't attend a lot of his practices. Uh, but with Kirby, I've had an opportunity to go to a, a lot of practices. And I want to say that they practice the way they play. Uh, so I think it's the the, the, the atmosphere that he sets at practice, the speed that they go at at practice. It's a heavy, a high-paced practice schedule. Uh, and I think he, said he, he he conditions them during practice to play the way they play on Saturday. So uh, I can't really compare him and Coach Rick because I didn't get an opportunity to go to Coach Rick. Rick's practice, but I would say Kirby just, whatever they're doing in practice, you can bet that they're going to be doing the game. It's going to be a high-tempo uh, defense. They're going to be on. They're going to be running. They, they they substitute running on and off the field. They have a lot of check. They uh, they put themselves in the best position to, to defend. And like you said, I think the game plan is to get them in third and long and try to force the offense to do something they're not good at doing. Robert, uh, Joe and I talked a lot in, in the offseason about Jake Fromm and the fact that he could challenge Jacob Eason as the starting quarterback. It turns out that an injury provided an opportunity, but how surprised, how impressed have you been with not just the passing skills, but the maturation of the true freshman quarterback? Well, just, you know, talking with the OC and some of the coaches in the, in the, before the season, preseason, uh, they were confident. They say he was a smart kid. He's uh, I think uh, it's on record that one of them said he's just as smart as uh, Drew Brees was when he was in college. So that that says a lot. You know, you can see what kind of quarterback Drew Brees turned out to be throwing 5,000 just about every season. So uh, I think he's a smart kid. He adapted to the offense uh, very quickly. Uh, he makes smart decisions. Uh, he run it when he needs to run, check him when he needs to check it. He makes the tough throws uh, when he does a company and making those throws. So I, I think the kid's having an outstanding a start to his career at Georgia. Robert, when you look at the mentality of this team now, number one in the country in the college football playoff, and they came out last week and they got a gutty home win over South Carolina, another rivalry game within the SEC East. A lot of people saying, can this team handle the pressure? But I feel it does come from Kirby's uh, uh, coaching at Alabama with Nick Saban. He's a former player, your former teammate. Do you feel he's instilled uh, a mental mindset as well as the physical mindset with this team? I know that's his goal. Uh, I know that's his goal. You know, just from speaking with him this week, he said, you know, out of Alabama, we face this kind of pressure every week, you know, every year. So they got used to it. Uh, right now, Georgia's in an unfamiliar territory of being number one, uh, which we had not been in a long time. So it's a little pressure that comes with that. Uh, and he just trying to keep those guys calm and let them know it's still – we still got to play the game within the game. We can't really worry about rankings because that means nothing unless you end up at that, at that rank at, at number one at the end of the season. So 
Um, he's trying to instill the confidence in those guys to stay focused and not let the uh, outside pressures get to them. And I think he's doing a good job. So, you know, time will tell that those guys can really handle the pressure. Uh, but like you said, you know, uh, our players aren't really used to this kind of pressure. So I think he's just trying to bring some of that uh, Alabama uh, the stuff that he learned on the Nick Saban to this team. And, and uh, I, I think it's going to stand well. I, I, he looks very calm and at practice, and uh, I think he's just trying to get them on the same mindset that he's on and let them understand that we are champions, we are winners, just go out and do your job and, and let everything else take care of itself. Robert, I see these as two relatively similar teams, uh, physical, solid defensively, can run the ball between the tackles. Uh, as a Georgia guy, what's your biggest concern about facing Auburn this afternoon? Uh, just, you know, uh, just letting the pressure get to them, feeling like they got to do more than, than necessary instead of doing what they've been doing all, doing all year. I think if they just uh, maintain the path and uh, and what they've been doing consistently all year, I think we'll be fine. You know, sometimes you get into big games and everybody say, this is the team that's going to challenge you. You tend to do more than what you normally do and it gets you out of position or it gets you into a bad situation. I feel like if these guys can go in with a level head and just play the type of game that they've been playing all year, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll go in there uh, no matter what the score is. We, we just stay focused and uh, do our jobs. I think we'll end up with a victory at the end of the day. Robert, great insight and information. When Georgia gets to the SEC championship game, we'll get you on. We'll talk some Bulldog football. We hope you enjoyed it today. Yes, sir. Definitely enjoyed it. I'd be glad to come back on. My favorite running back in Georgia history. He's well, also to choose from. A lot he's of great also backs, number yeah. one draft pick by New England Patriots. But he's also, in my opinion, and uh, you could check it, the only NFL and CFL player to rush for a thousand yards. Wow. He did it with the Montreal Alouettes after Miami, and he did it his rookie season in 1998 with Drew Bledsoe in New England. We'll have so, to ask Gabe if he remembers uh, the he Alouette days. The, he, did, he did cover the Alouettes. No I brought kidding. it by him. Yeah. I don't know if he has the uh, the updated, but it, I, I believe Robert Edwards is the only. Only NFL and CFL player to do that. I did ask him about the mindset because that's the one thing that I see as the major change from this team. The talent's yeah. always been there. Yeah. The talent has always been there under Mark Richt. You look in 2001, they broke through. They've won the SEC East before. But the physicality, the mental resolve to overcome and just step on opponents this season is the biggest difference. It reminds me so much of Alabama, which is where Kirby Smart came from, longtime defensive coordinator, under Nick Saban, he has brought that philosophy, that mindset, that DNA from Tuscaloosa back to his alma mater at Georgia, which really has surprised me because he's way ahead of schedule in doing that. You're right. The talent has always been there in Athens, but Mark Richt struggled to get them over the hump, to get them back to that point where they're winning SEC titles. And in year two, so quickly, boy, this looks like a very, very different Georgia program, a trend that I think will continue on the planes today. I agree, and he's done it on the offense and defensive lines. They're pounding the rock 279 on the ground and holding opposing offenses to 87. He built it yeah. from the inside out. Reminds sure. you reminds you of Alabama. Exactly, and if yeah. they can't run the football, they'll be in some trouble today because Jake Fromm yeah. will have to make plays, but when you're rushing it for as good as they are, as consistent as they are, 
Makes for a tough matchup for that Auburn front seven. When we come back, we'll be joined by Game Time Decisions host, Gabe Morenci with his best bets. Joe Lisi, Ritz Manello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Number 11, we're about 20 minutes away from the start of the 12 o'clock kicks. What better way to talk 12 o'clock, 3.30, 8 o'clock, than with Game Time Decisions host, Gabe Morenci. He's locked, loaded, and ready, and he's sporting a Lane Kiffin FAU jersey. Gabe, how are you today? I'm ready to rock, guys, and uh, you know what? (laughs) I just added another game. And uh, how about Howard Schellenberger? We'll kick an old school uh, FAU. <laughs> um, had him on my show before. Nice man. Uh, he was a very nice man. Um, uh, we've added another game uh, to, to the card here, guys. A red-hot uh, team. Red-hot team from the ACC. I know uh, Rich loves the trivia. Red-hot team from the ACC that surprisingly is on a five-game win streak uh, right now. Boston College uh, taking on uh, NC State. I think this could be a tricky game for NC State uh, after the disappointing loss last week uh, to Clemson. We talked uh, about it earlier in the program. Uh, teams that uh, lost the previous week with disappointing games that sort of altered the, the course of their season and, and uh, you know put them in a in a totally different caliber bowl game than these clubs would have hoped for. I think it's a tough spot. I think we have another live home underdog with the Boston College Eagles. Uh- I'm with them. We both like yeah. yeah. We both like BC today, so that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I won't I won't oh, jinx boy. it. Joe, Joe thinks Joe thinks <laughs> yeah. I jinx it. Don't when I say talk, it. I'm Rich, just stating. Don't talk. I'm stating Keep it facts. There's a lot of I'm a lot of smiling facts. bookies right now. A lot, of, a lot of bookies are smiling in America. Oh, good. These oh, these idiots good. all like. Uh, all right, so listen, we didn't get to the big game. Uh, we got to most of the big games. One of them we didn't get to was Georgia yeah. uh, and Auburn. So um, were you guys split on this, or are you on the same side? We're we both like Georgia. Uh, yeah, we both like Georgia. Ooh, all right. So I'm contrarian here. I love Auburn as uh, not just a bet, but one of my best bets of the day. Wow. Gus Malzahn's always been good to me going back to the, uh, the Cam Newton uh, era. And um, I, expect to, I expect this to continue once again today. Uh, listen, Kirby Smart's never been in a situation like this before. He's done a great job. Um, you know, I tell you what, when Easton went down, I don't think any, anybody expected Georgia to be here right now. But dare I say I'm in a minority here. I'm telling you right now, guys, this Georgia, this Georgia cocktail party is coming to an end. And everybody's already penciled them in. Oh, they're, they're in the SEC championship game. So, oh, 
They're going to go to the SEC championship game. They're going to lose, but it's okay. And they're going to be in the playoffs. No, no, no. They're going to lose uh, today. Then they're going to lose again uh, in the SEC uh, conference championship game. And they're going to be on the outside looking in. And I don't, I don't want people, Georgia fans, to hate me on this. They're a good football team. But I think Auburn's a more complete football team. To me, these de- the defenses are very evenly matched. Uh, they're both, uh, you know, top 10 caliber elite that defenses. They're going to be uh, difficult to run the football on. Yet, let's look at Jake Fromm here. He hasn't been asked to throw the ball uh, very much. They're averaging 166 yards a game uh, through the air. I want to see if Auburn get up, if Georgia can throw the football around and come back when down. Everybody criticizes Wisconsin's schedule. You know, let's be real, man. The SEC's, you know, great at the top. They send a lot of players to the NFL. But overall, it's an overrated conference, okay? CBS can tell us all they want, the best game and the best conference every week. They're lying. It's not true. Um, you know, so, yeah, they're top-heavy. It's all good. I'm not, you know, Georgia, If I think if Georgia played Notre Dame again right now, Notre Dame would beat them. Notre Dame are a better football team right now uh, than they are then. I'm not taking it away from the win, but I'm not overly impressed with beating Florida. Uh, and a non-cover win against South Carolina. Georgia are good, but I'm not drinking all this Kool-Aid. Jared Stidham is the difference here, guys. They can run the football. They can throw the football. We have home field advantage. And I got a coach that's won a national championship before that's coached in numerous big-time games against Kirby Smart, who's never been this far before, never been in a situation like this before. Georgia's bubbles gets burst. It's over, boys. Auburn wins outright. Joe is seething in the uh, studio right now. He, he, we, we not only like Georgia, but Georgia is also Joe's favorite team. Quick update for you, Gabe. This will make you and I happy because we both like Michigan State. Ohio State's two best linebackers, Jerome Baker, Dante Booker, both will not play against the Spartans today. Ooh, nice, nice. And you know what? Uh, it's up to uh, it's up to 18 points right now, guys. Yeah, that is stunning. I, you know, I, that is stunning. i got to be honest with you. I just clicked it. I was already on uh, the points. I can't. I can't resist. I took Michigan State plus seven hundred money line. And I, we can't resist. I'm sprinkling all kinds of money lines this morning. I think Iowa State can win this football game outright. Uh, I think uh, Boston College can win the game outright. I tell you what. I think Michigan State has a chance. Why not? Seventeen, sixteen, uh, sixteen, seventeen, fourteen style football games. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be in this game. And now we have the news of the linebackers being out. I like it even more. Uh, for our boy, and shout out to Keith, our most dedicated viewer out there. Shout out to Keith in New Jersey. And, uh, you know, Keith is riding riding the military academies uh, today, too, guys. What am I missing on this? Why are Duke favored against Army? I, I don't get this. I know, you know why, Army, Gabe. I know why. Do you want to know why? They're, they're 6-0 against the number against triple option teams. That's why Duke. Uh, that that's why they're a small th- one and a half to four point favorite in this ball game. Let, let me tell. Let me tell you, Joe. I'm fourteen and two against the spread when I have a hole in my sock, <laughs> and um, I'm seven and four. I'm seven and four when I'm wearing a blue, a blue jer- jersey underneath. You know, I, I you know. And listen, I'm, I'm just busting you on that one. I get it, but this this is a different breed right now. And you know, Army's a good football team. It's just you know handling their business on a weekly basis, uh, yet doesn't get any love from the odds makers. So I'm going to take a three and a half point uh, home uh, home dog uh, here uh, with Army, and we're going to take Navy as well. I know Navy's been in a tough uh, Navy's been in a tough spot right now. This isn't uh, their best year. They, you know they're banged up uh, at the quarterback position. I get it. I'm just not buying into LS uh, to, to SMU 
being able to travel and take on a military academy in a, in a physical football game uh, like this. I'm not taking anything away from what the Mustangs have done. I told you guys last week I liked them plus the points, and we covered that number. Uh, but now you're going, uh, you're going on to the, uh, you're coming into the East Coast uh, here. They haven't fared well, guys. What did they give up? 75 points uh, last year. Year before it was into the 50s. Um, you look at Navy. Navy has repeatedly run for like 350, 400 yards on SMU. SMU are a cute team. You know, um, you know the, the, the style of offense, the spread offense that they run. They're not a physical man. Let's let's chin up and uh, let's let's strap it on and let's crash in in the, in the trenches here. I don't think they're going to have a good time today against that Navy. Uh, I think that I think the point spreads off on this one. I like the middies in this football game. Gabe, I'm with you on Army. I agree with you. Even though they lost this ball game to Duke last year, 13-6, to I think Army's the better team, the more complete team. So I agree with you with the cadets. I want to stick in the Big Ten, a team that your favorite team, Michigan, dominated last week at home, 33-10, to Minnesota. I mean, this is a team, in my opinion, that's decimated back-to-back games now against Iowa, Michigan. They allowed 371 rushing yards to the Wolverines. And more importantly, from an offensive perspective over the last three games 19 of 56 completions 33 percent 260 yards one touchdown three interceptions facing another blue collar team in nebraska both teams are fighting for bowl eligibility i really like the cornhuskers here i think the cornhuskers can impose their will on the golden gophers as well um you know guys if you want to go broke just bet on uh, the golden gophers basketball uh, football it just is what it is um, you know, they haven't been good since uh, Coach was the coach, you know, on the team. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, and no, no disrespect to any, you know, any Gopher alumni out there, but, like, honestly, you got a problem when, you know, the biggest thing your school's ever accomplished was a fictitious character on a, on a sitcom 25 years ago. You know, Brock Lesnar, you know, you got Brock Lesnar. I'll give you that. Brock, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but, yeah, Minnesota are just an underachieving program uh, to me. You're right. They both come in here in a desperate uh, frame of mind. Uh, but uh, Minnesota's in a free fall right now. I prefer with a football team that can just sort of hand the football off and impose their will. I think Nebraska gets it done here as well. Gabe, uh, I, Penn State is reeling. Uh, all of their expectations, their goals have been uh, dismissed. Yeah. Rutgers, you know, I mean, Rutgers is getting hot. They would love to take a swipe at Penn State. Should I have my medication adjusted <laughs> that I think Rutgers can hang with Penn State for a while and cover this spread? <laughs> I want to do it. I didn't think you guys would invite me back, uh, actually. And uh, if I did this, you know, perception and reality are always two different things uh, in football. Um, so if I asked you, if you bet every Rutgers game this year, and you bet every Penn State game uh, this year, who made more money, the Rutgers backer or the Penn State backer? I'll be pretty close. The Rutgers Penn, backer. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, see what I'm saying? People go, oh, you're an idiot. You bet on Rutgers every week. They're terrible. Uh, they are, I, I'm a Penn State fan. Guys, Rutgers are 7-2 and two against the spread. 7-2. and two. You know they, They've covered seven of the nine football games that they played in right now. This is a lot of points, 31 and a half points. And as you mentioned, I, you know, I think Franklin is going to do a good job of getting these kids up. Uh, Barkley's in the Heisman Trophy conversation. But at 31 and a half points, it doesn't take much to get a cover. It takes a first down here, a field goal there. You get a touchdown, suddenly, boom. You know, you got 38 points in your back pocket. 
I think Rutgers can cover this number, guys. They've been competitive in every football game that they played in this year, with the exception of the Ohio State game where they got tattooed 56 nothing, I believe it was. Other than that, they've been competitive on a weekly basis. This is a scrappy Rutgers team that I think they're not going to roll in. They're not going to go in there and just say thanks, give us, uh, you know, you know, we're, we're glad to be here, glad to be in the Big Ten. I'm impressed by how Rutgers competes on a weekly basis and battles. Too many points. I'm glad you brought this up. I like Rutgers plus the points. Listen, the words best bet and Rutgers have never been uttered in the same sentence before. But you know, if you're betting this game, I'd take the points instead of laying the points. When a Rutgers team is 7-2 and two against the spread. Gabe, five minutes from kick. Good luck. We'll be tweeting you later. Hey, the dogs are barking today, guys. Let's get it. He's all over Rutgers with you. I know. I know. He I have no Rutgers. opinion on that game, yeah. so uh, I'll just I think be Rutgers watching is that more game motivated. Play. A lot at stake for Rutgers. Yeah, back-to-back uh, losses for Penn State. When we come back, our locks of the day. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonella live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio Thirty Four. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. football today best pick time our locks of the day let's jump right into it texas tech and baylor this is a baylor team that has played much better over the last three games holding opposing offenses to 138 rushing yards on the ground more importantly third down defense during that span 27 percent i'm not sold on cliff kingsbury 10 and 23 over the last three and a half years baylor gets a convincing outright win over the red raiders i want to take a moment to salute the troops but i also want to salute joe lisi <laughs> for going six and oh last week on his best bets this kid is on fire it's cold outside but he's so hot and it's embarrassing him and i love to do that to him on the air but he is red hot so listen to his picks i agree with baylor go i like georgia i'm not picking him as a best selection but you think the bulldogs roll I do. on the planes yeah i love kirby smart i love the makeup of this team you know our guests robert and Corey allen talked about it this is a different kind of a team i think they roll in the second half yeah i like virginia tech they've won three of the last five i think they bounce back in a big way 17 point or more road win over georgia tech. i don't think it'll be that comfortable i think you'll sweat this one out i think it's seven to ten points but i agree with you virginia tech against a georgia tech team that is struggling on the offensive line i like the hokies in this game as well well. Wisconsin at home against
against Iowa. I think they get a late touchdown to cover this number. Not a best selection of mine, but you like the Hawkeyes. I, I do. I think this line is inflated. I'm worried about the letdown with Iowa after the big victory against Ohio State, but we saw something in Nathan Stanley, his ability to spread the ball around. I like the playmakers on defense, especially Josh Jackson in the secondary. I think Iowa threatens in this game against a Wisconsin team that has not been challenged this year. Notre Dame, Miami. Miami playing with the swag. I like the U. They get a seven-point victory over Notre Dame and Brandon Wimbush. It would not shock me, and this is not one of my best bets, Joe, but I'm going to lean on the team that can run the ball between the tackles. That type of an offense travels well. If this was a passing offense in my... They sold this game out at Hard Rock. That's a big deal in Miami. So this will be an exciting game tonight. I do like ND, though. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. It is an 8 o'clock kick on ABC. Rutgers on the road to face Penn State. They lost this matchup 39-0. to zip. In uh, Rutgers last year, I like Penn State here, but not a best selection of mine. I'm worried about my mental health at this point that I'm putting. I I need a streak buster because I've struggled the last few weeks. Can Rutgers bail me out? Listen, this is a huge game for the Scarlet Knights and Chris Ash from a recruiting standpoint, from a confidence standpoint. If they ever pulled off the upset, we could be talking about a bowl team. Rutgers is playing well, especially on defense. I think they threaten Penn State lose, but cover that big number. We'll see. I like Boston College coming out of a bye week. They become bowl eligible with a gutty win over NC State and Chestnut Hill. Joe, Steve Adazio has saved his job. He's got a young running back and A.J. Dillon who is doing a terrific job. BC is finally scoring points playing well defensively. No Harold Landry today, but they can pick up the slack defensively and continue the struggles for Dave Doran in North Carolina State. 12 o'clock kick in Death Valley is the difference. Arkansas loses a 10-point game, but LSU does win this ballgame. I think LSU is looking for that opportunity to absolutely throttle somebody after losing to Alabama. I think they take out the frustration of the Alabama loss against an Arkansas team that's just not playing any defense. I love LSU. Nebraska bounces back. They get a 10-point victory on the road against Minnesota. I agree. I think Nebraska's playing better football. Maybe it could save Mike Riley's job. I think you're on to something. I'll take the Huskers as well. I like Ohio State to win a seven-point game, but you think Sparty wins outright? I have him outright, so give me the 18 points. Now that we learn that Ohio State has suspended two key linebackers, Jerome Baker and Dante Booker, I love Michigan State in this game. I like Will Greer. He was good to me last week. I think he gets it done over Kansas State. You like Virginia over Louisville. I do. I'll take Virginia over that defenseless Louisville squad. For Rich Sermonello, this is Joe Lisi. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next Saturday. Have a great weekend, everyone.